Last week, our colleague Chris Marr was in East Palestine, Ohio. We were at a park and... There was almost nobody there. I mean, there was a playground with no kids on it. There were basketball courts, uh, huge ball fields. So, you know, that kind of emptiness is a bit eerie. East Palestine is a village of nearly 5,000 people. And running right through it is a railroad. On February 3rd, a Norfolk Southern train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed. We are following breaking news as we come on the air this morning. 150-car freight train operated by Norfolk Southern derailed and released toxic chemicals last Residents night. told to either evacuate or stay indoors as that fire still burns. They're releasing a toxic chemical into the air in hopes of preventing a large explosion in the area. They prevented an explosion, but the smell of chemicals has lingered in the air for weeks. We could smell pretty strong chemical odor. You know, it's people describe it as sort of like nail polish or like an acetone. In one place, it was almost like baby aspirin to me. We went into a deli and there was a very strong smell of just like post-combustion chemicals or like a fire smell. And the owner there had put boxes of baking soda throughout the store to try to tame the smell or, you know, clear the air. But um, it had not worked yet. Federal agencies are still investigating the accident and assessing the environmental damage in East Palestine. Norfolk Southern says it will meet or exceed federal standards for the cleanup and has provided millions in compensation. But residents say it's not enough. There's definitely a lot of anger toward Norfolk Southern right now. There's just a lot of questions that residents have about why this did occur, if this could have been prevented. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Monday, February 27th. Coming up on the show, a train derailment and the unanswered questions in East Palestine, Ohio. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. East Palestine is right on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania, about an hour from Pittsburgh. When our colleague Chris Marr was there last week, he was trying to get close to the site of the accident. So I was with a photographer. We were walking down the one of the main roads in East Palestine, very close to the derailment. And we went up to this one particular house, and uh, Shelby Walker came out. She was wearing a Pittsburgh Steeler sweatshirt, and she had this camera with her, she was about to head into her backyard to to document some of the work that was happening there. And she welcomed us to come with her into her backyard to see what was happening. Go this way, only because our dog, you don't step in dog crap that way. (laughs) You definitely want to go down that way. But that's where I was headed, was out back to take some pictures too. Her property goes right up against the Norfolk Southern property where this cleanup was taking place. 
her kids' toys, a trampoline, some bicycles were lined up. And these were just a few feet or yards from the work that was taking place. So it was it was immediately clear just how close the derailment was to this family's home. For the last few weeks, loud noises from the cleanup crews have filled Shelby's house. She says she's been taking pictures of everything going on on her property. On the night the train derailed, Shelby says she was watching a movie with her family when they heard a loud noise right outside the window. And then my husband come running up from being out back with the dog and he said, the train's on fire. Me and him walked up the street first and then came back. And then my daughter and my husband all went. They kind of went out back here to look up and he just said, run, just run. And then we just watched the tracks from our back window and it was like a movie, like it just lit up the whole way. And then we just hurried up and grabbed the kids, the grandbabies, the animals and just left. So my daughter took most of them to my mom's on the other side of town. That night, local authorities encouraged residents close to the site like Shelby to evacuate. There were fears that some of the derailed train cars could explode because of the chemicals stored inside. And then, two days later, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine ordered an evacuation for residents within a one-mile radius of the derailment. You need to leave. You just need to leave. We're ordering you to leave. Uh, This is a matter of life and death. Norfolk Southern and Governor DeWine started to talk about how there was this urgent situation with five tanker cars containing vinyl chloride. There was a risk at the time that one of the tanker cars was heating up and there was a risk of a potential catastrophic explosion. To avoid a massive explosion, Norfolk Southern decided to do a so-called controlled burn, where the company drained the vinyl chloride out of the train cars into a trench and burnt it off. This released a large dark plume of smoke into the skies above East Palestine. And residents were told they couldn't come home. People were just kind of staying in hotels. You know, in some cases, people had to leave farm animals behind, horses or others. And many people took their dogs. And I've heard that some of the hotels were not only full of people, but there were, there were dogs and pets. So it was a bit of a chaotic scene. By Wednesday, February 8th, the Environmental Protection Agency said there were no concerning levels of chemicals in the air. So the governor said residents could return home. Those who did found that when they arrived, there was a pungent smell in the air. Here's Shelby talking to Chris from her backyard. You can smell chemical. Uh, It's a definite chemical smell, but it's like sometimes you can't be outside and you can smell it coming in the house. Mm. And then even sometimes in the night, we're waking up because it's so strong and you can smell it. Probably not the best place for us to be, but we have no choice. East Palestine residents have reported burning eyes and headaches, symptoms they believe have been caused by the accident. Residents really didn't know what chemicals they had been exposed to, what had gotten into the air, to the water, to the soil. And for Shelby, you know, she had some specific questions. She said, you know, we haven't been told how do we clean up our homes? You know, how do we... um, Should I throw the toys out that are in my backyard? Um, Are these safe for my kids? She actually said that she was going to get rid of the toys in her yard, uh, but she wanted to take them apart so that when she put them out, you know, no other family would come by and and take them and, and use them for their kids. The Ohio Department of Natural Resources says chemicals released from the controlled burn 
killed nearly 40,000 aquatic animals within a five-mile radius of the crash. Chris walked along a creek in the village where cleanup efforts were underway. We could see that workers had placed booms across the surface of the water. They were, there were pumps there kind of drawing the water out of the creek. I know that recently Governor DeWine said about 1.1 million gallons of water, contaminated water, had been removed from East Palestine. I think that number's much higher now. And in another part of the creek, there were even more of these pumps with these big hoses kind of sneaking into the creek and, and drawing the water out. So some people felt that the evacuation order was lifted too soon. You know, that people were told to go back while air monitoring and water monitoring were still occurring. Some residents are concerned that the controlled burn may have permanently contaminated their village because some of the chemicals could be carcinogenic. I think right now a lot of people are are looking to Norfolk Southern both uh, as the responsible party in this and and as the party that should be cleaning this up completely and, and making things right for the community. I think people are frustrated because they feel like they're, even if the air and the water are safe, there's a perception. And one resident told me the perception is that East Palestine is contaminated. So, you know, they're concerned about produce they may sell from a greenhouse or one person told me uh, she's concerned that she won't be able to sell her hay to other farmers because um, they're not going to want to buy it and feed it to their animals that, you know, are used in food production. So there's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of frustration. At a town hall meeting, residents were unhappy when representatives of Norfolk Southern didn't show up. Norfolk Southern said it didn't send staff to the meeting because the CEO, Alan Shaw, was worried about their safety. Shaw has since visited East Palestine several times. The company has said that it is determined to stay in East Palestine as long as it takes to clean the area up. You know, the company says it's going to meet or exceed federal standards when it comes to the water and the air and the soil in the, in the village. The EPA has said the air and water are safe. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and the EPA Administrator Michael Regan were actually in some homes in East Palestine drinking tap water as a show of confidence. All right, here's to you. <laughs> okay. How are the residents being supported and compensated? Yeah, so um, right after the accident, Norfolk Southern did set up a family assistance center right outside town, and people have have gone there to get compensated for hotel stays, food they had to buy while they were evacuated. Norfolk Southern says it spent $11.4 million in reimbursements and financial commitments to East Palestine. And then last week, a report revealed why the train derailed. What that means for Norfolk Southern is next. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit 
to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. Last week, the National Transportation Safety Board held a press briefing. All right. Thank you for joining us. And the agency released its preliminary report into the derailment in East Palestine. Here is NTSB Chair Jennifer Hammondy. We've talked to community members who are suffering health effects, have pets who've died, have damage to businesses and homes. But I can tell you this much, this was 100% preventable. We call things accidents. There is no accident. Every single event that we investigate is preventable. So our hearts are with you. Our colleague Esther Fung covered the NTSB report. The National Transportation Safety Board said that the cause of the train derailment is likely an overheated bearing on one of the rail cars. She says wheel bearings can heat up as the train moves. So rail companies have detectors along the track to monitor their temperature. If a bearing gets too hot, an alert is sent to the crew. On February 3rd, as the Norfolk Southern train got closer to East Palestine, the wheel bearing was heating up. The temperature recorded was 253 degrees Fahrenheit above ambient temperature. This is a critical level. The alarm was sounded and train crew have to slow and stop the train. And it was during this deceleration that the wheel bearing failed and the derailment happened. And when the derailment happened, an automatic brake application was then released. The train stopped. The train crew had to come out. They saw fire and smoke. They reported that a derailment likely happened. So was the report definitive in identifying the cause? The NTSB has said that they're still on the fact-finding phase of the investigation. So they're still looking at other issues that could have contributed to this as well. The NTSB chair has also said there could be multiple factors that have contributed to this, and, and most likely there are. How did Norfolk Southern respond to this report? So Norfolk Southern said that this report has showed that their employees worked According to plan, they weren't operating the train over the speed limit and they stopped the train according to protocol. Norfolk Southern has also said that the temperature thresholds is among the lowest in the industry. Railroad companies set the temperature thresholds for wheel bearings themselves, and they change them to adjust for seasonal and other environmental factors. They can choose what temperature thresholds to set. And uh, some railroad workers have told me that sometimes the the railroads can change it and, and they can change it as frequently as they want to as well. 
has this accident triggered calls for more regulation? Yes. This derailment has triggered calls for more regulation, has triggered calls for Congress to act. Railroad unions have also said that there there needs to be more safety regulations. For years, railroad unions have warned that fewer workers and longer trains have reduced the amount of time spent on safety inspections. And in the wake of the derailment, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg wrote a letter to Norfolk Southern, calling the company out for putting profits above safety. What I will say is that Norfolk Southern is a multi-billion dollar railroad company that has stood with its peers to push back on regulation after regulation to try to water down, weaken, or in some cases remove uh, important rail safety rules. And too often they get their way. Is there any truth to these allegations? Have rail companies opposed safety regulations? They have pushed back against safety regulations. Yes, saying that the costs of these regulations outweigh the benefits. As the cleanup and health assessments continue in East Palestine, Chris says the derailment has changed how the community sees the railroad that runs through their village. Before, it was almost like a comforting sound to hear the whistle going through the town. One person told me it now sends shivers up his spine. Someone else said it it just gives them a feeling of, you know, unease and, and anxiety. So the railroad's definitely a different presence in the town these days. As for residents like Shelby, whose backyard borders the cleanup, there's still a lot of worry. There's not much sleeping going on in my house. Well, of course I'm worried for my children. Not so much myself, but my kids and my grandkids. That scares me. You know, like I can't, I'm afraid to keep anything or clean anything because we are just unknown. We don't know what's going on. all for today, Monday, February 27th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.